To be successful on YouTube in any niche, you have to have discipline, you have to have the commitment, and you have to have the vision. Today's guest has those in spades, and it's no wonder some of the world's biggest brands wants to work with him, even though his channel is not technically a big channel. So let's dive in and get in behind the scenes and see what we can learn for our channel. Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. And welcome to another episode of Tube Talk. My name is Liron Segev. I'm your host. I'm a tech blogger, a YouTuber, and the director of customer success here at vidIQ, where every day we help creators big and small level up their channel, get those subscribers, get those views in much less time. So I'm super excited to be speaking with my friend Dave Mays, who is the face of a channel called Kinotika, which is the go-to channel when you need anything about cameras, reviews, tips and tricks. Dave is the guy to see. Dave has also spun off his own personal channel where he does these cool parodies. And today I want to dive into Dave's story. So Dave, thanks for hanging out with us. I've got to start by telling you I have seen your content grow. I've seen your content mature. What took so long to get onto YouTube? And do you think by waiting you actually have an advantage when you did switch over to YouTube? So some of that maturity like over those 10 years before I became a YouTuber has all helped me now. And if I just started straight out of high school from being a magician to figuring out how to be a filmmaker, like, I don't know, part of me is like, I should have started earlier. Right, right. But then the other side is like, there's a lot of maturity that happened. So the, to, to answer your question, I think anybody can start where they are. If they have the awareness of, I want to be a YouTuber. I just, I never thought YouTube was anything. I just saw Ryan Connolly on Film Riot and I was like, that's awesome that he's doing that. I don't really care to do that. I just want to be a film. But then it was, you mentioned that everybody brings up Casey Neistat, but I think he really, for a lot of filmmakers, yes. changed our perspective on YouTube. Because now we have people like uh, Levi Allen, right. obviously Peter McKinnon, yeah. Matty Hapausia. These are real freelance, you know, DPs, directors who traditionally 20 years ago probably would have done commercials maybe music videos and films and because of Casey's like showing because Casey's showing us as a filmmaker I can be a YouTuber it's okay to it's be okay. A, yeah. yeah and by the way you can actually make a good living doing it you can actually do what you want to do just lower the production value a little right. bit uh, we've seen a big kind of influx of filmmakers transitioning over to being YouTubers and again, you don't have to be perfect. People do have got lots of forgiveness on YouTube and they want to see the raw element of this and they want to see the bloopers and they want to see that <laughs> yeah. not everything is perfect. You cannot get out of the, you know, if you're living in a van in the middle of the desert yeah. and people come out with full makeup, like, you know they haven't showered in three days, uh -huh. you know it's fake and people don't respond. <laughs> yeah. They don't respond to that. They respond to someone being real. It's true. And, and, and being real, I think, is the big, big thing on on, on YouTube. Absolutely. W would you say being a specialist, like, I mean, you're the camera guy. I mean, everybody knows if I have a question, I go to your channel, <laughs> I, I see the review, and because I trust what you have to say, because uh -huh. you call it like it is, do you believe that's an important kind of element of finding your, your space in this world? I think so. I think uh, I've just, I worked for a guy named Dave Ramsey. That was my corporate job that I had. Right. And he had a, an opinion, and, an and opinion. you knew about it. And 
honestly, I learned, because he has a radio show, if you're not familiar with Dave Ramsey, millions of people listen to his radio show. Right. He teaches people how to get out of debt and stuff like this. But there's actually some polarizing things that he believes in his messaging that a lot of people sometimes agree with, sometimes disagree with. But he doesn't care. He sticks to his opinion. And when I started doing these tech reviews, I, I saw some people being a little wishy-washy, being maybe manipulated by, I want to please this brand yes, or whatever. Yes, yes. I don't want Canon to be mad. It was actually a guy named Caleb Pike, DSLR video shooter, who told me, he's like, I don't work for the camera companies. I will not receive anything from them. I am working for my audience. That's who matters. It's not Canon or Sony or Nikon. Sure, I can be friendly with the, the employees. I don't sure. want to be a jerk. Right, right, right. But I'm not here to please them. I'm here to give my opinion and have a true opinion and stick to it and give that to my audience. Because that's, first off, people are attracted to people with an opinion. Right. Whether they agree or disagree. Correct. It doesn't matter because... If you disagree, you're going to let me know in the comments, which oh, they'll let you which know. boost my engagement. <laughs> and if they agree, they become a fan, right? Yes. So uh, that's kind of the big realization I had was I need to have an opinion on something, stick to it, and not be a jerk about it. But, right. but you know, that will gather a niche following of people who agree with me, but then also people who disagree. Disagree, yeah. Can, uh, they can comment if they want, you know, and leave a dislike. <laughs> there's always dislikes. Like no matter what, I post a video and then in in you know five minutes there's like two dislikes. I don't. Is it, we've had live streams that haven't gone live yet, <laughs> and there's already a dislike. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, so do you have bell notification you, turned on like, just, just so, so you <laughs> just so you can dislike like a, a video? So. Uh, so how do you balance between kind of if you're working with a brand? So let's uh -huh. just say it's Canon. Okay. Um, well, they never work with me, but uh, <laughs> but let's well, say after this they will. <laughs> so brand X, yeah, sure. Okay, who works yeah. with you, and now you have to do a review on their competitor. Yeah. Okay. Do you find it a bit awkward because you're like loyal to the one brand because you really yeah. love their gear? Yeah. And but you still want to give a fair review of their competitors. Sure. Well, I think there's two answers to that. First off, if you're somebody like Jason Vong, who's a good friend of mine, he's kind of like the Sony guy. Right. So if he picked up a GH5 or a Canon, his audience would kind of be like, what the heck? You know, he actually told me that. He reviewed the GH5 and everybody was like, why are you why reviewing are you this? So there is that aspect of it. If you're a Canon guy, like Peter McKinnon, like right. if, if Peter McKinnon chooses to switch to Sony, like, well, first off, that would blow up the internet. Everybody would freak out. Uh, but you, it's almost like you wouldn't see that happening. Right, right, right. Because I'm an unbiased, I feel like I'm a journalist rather than a, I'm dedicated to one brand. I hope that people understand that as a journalist, it's my job to just kind of be unbiased. At the end of the day, like on my channel, I do tech reviews, right? Yeah. And I got to remember, just as you do, people are going to make a buying decision. Yeah. Um, or you're going to help someone make a buying decision, either for or against. Yeah. So I always say, look, in my experience, yeah. and this is my use case for it, this worked really well. Yep. And that stuff really didn't work well. Yeah. Now, if somebody else has got a different use experience or use case, yeah. that may or may not work for them. But at least I'm giving it from a perspective. Now, you've got enough information to say, okay, I can kind of leaning towards one direction. I think it will be very disingenuous of both of us to say, well, brand X sent me this gear, so it's amazing and it isn't a single yeah, negative. Exactly. Uh, it doesn't really kind of, exactly. uh, kind, of, kind of work that way. And I don't, I don't just put something negative in for right. the sake of negativity. Uh, I might go at it with an angle that yes. might be attractive story-wise, but 
you know, overall, if there's something that's really bad, I'm going to point it out. And uh, if it's really good, I'm going to point it out too. So but I, I think a lot of people in my niche uh, accuse us of being paid yes, by these companies. Oh, it's just I true. wish we were. I know, right? <laughs> in which case, I'm okay to take the criticism. The, the truth is, is once you get to a certain level, it is easy to get a hold of gear. That doesn't mean that you're going to keep it. Uh, I, I have a deal with uh, B&H, and they send me, you know, pretty much whatever I want uh, as a loaner. Right. You know, so which is great because B&H is kind of an unbiased entity. They yes. just they they're a retailer. They have everybody. Absolutely. So I really like working with them because it's not Sony giving me a camera; it's B&H giving me a camera. Uh, absolutely. And they're unbiased, and so they sell everything. So they you, sell everything. Yeah. You can say this is positive, this is negative, and exactly. they'll still send you the next gear exactly. after after that. And do you find that companies take anything like the negative stuff? Do they ever appreciate the fact that you've pointed something out and maybe they'll fix it in the next firmware yeah. updates, things of that nature? Absolutely. It's actually really amazing to see what is happening in the industry right now. I think, honestly, for example, we just brought this camera up, the G7X Mark III from Canon. That's been one of the most popular vlogging cameras yes. for the last couple of years. Uh, they haven't updated it in a long time. I think it's been three years or something. But this new iteration is clearly designed with the suggestions that YouTubers gave. Wow. The the screen has been reinforced because people were breaking, breaking the screen. Them, yep. They added a mic input jack, which everybody in the whole wide world wanted. Wow. So, you know, they're actually doing things. And I see that with Sony. You know, they added a flip screen with the new A6400. Everybody wants a flip screen. And it's interesting to see people make changes because... These cameras are made by engineers, very smart, brilliant engineers, and they're not necessarily using the camera daily. Oh yeah, correct. And so when we have, you know, hey, when I use this camera, the, you know, it overheats and this thing happens or whatever, they're like, oh cool, you know, if a bunch of people say that, then hopefully they can address it yeah. and. It's pretty cool. And it makes sense for them to do it because they're getting feedback from their customers. Yeah who just want a better product, yep. when they make the better product, odds are pretty darn good yeah. that if this is the kind of the eight things you wanted fixed and they are fixed, yeah. you're going to buy that next product. Uh -huh. It just kind of makes complete sense. So when you're planning out your content, how much of your analytics and your audience and your yeah. comments do you take into account versus like your content schedule that you've already have sure. set? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing how fluid my schedule is. I have a Trello board with a list of six videos for the month. I, I've found, I've discovered that I could have a list of 100 ideas and I never even look at the board. So I actually okay, minimalize nice. my idea list to only Smart. six. Um, and so if if I come up with a new idea, I'll actually remove one. So I, I always have a running list of six ideas. And as soon as something happens like, say, the G7X came out last week, right. that just bumped up to top priority. Uh, and basically, a lot of my decisions are based around what is trending, what is popular. And I can see that through the analytics. I can see that through just s like literally searching for stuff on, on YouTube. Uh, for example, this EM1 Mark II camera that I'm shooting on, it's not going to get any views. I know it because nobody's searching for it. Nobody cares about it. But I personally care about it. So I try to balance it with like... Here's one for me. You've heard this. One for me, one for them. The right. I don't. I I probably do more for them, and maybe once a month, one for me. One but for uh, I'm looking at my uh, engagement. I'm look. I now am looking through uh, at the click-through rate, and yes, that's a, a big kind of new thing. It's yes. not new, but 
it's great that we have that analytic now. Uh, and obviously, Mr. Beast is really showing everybody how important that is. Um, so that's a new thing I'm going to start implementing. But uh, we were looking at our analytics. I had this really nice little 15 second intro video on the beginning of every video. We lost 40% of retention as yeah, soon as that happened. Crazy. So we just took it out and it fixed it. <laughs> so Funny that. Right? Yeah, so now we actually have retention all the way through, you know, beautiful. Beautiful. at a much better percentage. Um, so I'm, I'm constantly looking at those things. Uh, I think as a creative, as a filmmaker, as an artist or whatever you want to call it, that sounds really pretentious, but the, the, I always have to remember that I did start out as an artist. Like right. that's sure. the whole point. Sure. So sometimes art doesn't necessarily go in with analytics. Like if I have a, yes. a lead in yes. or a, a, a scene that people are going to drop off, but it adds to the story in a way that I like, then maybe I'll just leave it in anyways. Because at the end of the day, I want to have my YouTube channel serve my long-term career, which is to continue to direct, to create, to produce. And it's not always about the YouTube stuff for me because in 30 years, I might not want to be a YouTuber anymore and I want, might want to produce sure. shows. I might want to produce other things. And okay. so everything I'm doing is serving that goal of like, I your, want your this to be art. I don't want it to necessarily be all numbers. So but, I, but at the same time, I look at the numbers too. So, And it's a balance. And this is why I'm finding, and maybe you are finding as well, that it's always a struggle between kind of the algorithm and creativity. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes I do think that YouTube is killing creativity uh -huh. because we're so busy playing to the algorithm. Yeah. And that's a problem. Well, that's why I'm starting this other channel, my personal channel, just Dave Mays. Uh, I'm just going to do comedy stuff. And I'm not even going to look at the numbers. Like, I'm going to do what I do, you know, I'm going to know what is trendy. I'm going to know what will hit. But there are a lot of YouTubers like uh, Jax Films who he'll make a, a 45 second video about him coughing on a loop and it's got millions of views yeah. and it's a stupid video. It's really short. It's not 10 minutes. Uh, there's no subscribe at the beginning and yet he's, he's doing really well. So. You know, there's a balance. There's a balance somewhere of that, and I want to experiment with that because with Kinotika, it, I really am following more of the format of of, of a traditional tech reviewer, but trying to add a comedy flair to it. But making it your own. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, it's the more to stand out in this very crowded space, you've got to bring your own voice. <laughs> All right. So as we wrap up here, um, this is my plugmyselfmoment.com here. <laughs> Do it. All right. What have you got going on? Where can people find you? Oh, I thought you were going to plug yourself. No, people know me by now. <laughs> cough, cough. Yeah. Right, Dave. Off you go. Where can people find you? What are your channels about? Sure. Go for it. Well, obviously, the, the big tech channel is called Kinotika. That's spelled K-I-N-O-T-I-K-A. -I -I uh, it was created by a Chinese man who is also Russian. So the spelling of it's a little peculiar, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but it's special, but it's special. It's different. It's unique. Uh, so yeah, Kinotika. Uh, I also host a podcast called uh, yeah. golden hour. Uh, just search an Apple podcast or wherever you get podcasts, the golden hour podcast. Great podcast, by the way. Uh, I interview influencers, yeah. Instagrammers, YouTubers, uh, different people. And then on Twitter and Instagram, Dave Mays underscore at the end. Has to have that underscore. I know. It, the people took ah. it. I'll, I'll get it eventually, probably. One of them's dead. The other one's like a porn account. So, 
and that's not Dave's one. Just <laughs> no. to be, ju- just to be clear, <laughs> the Twitter Dave Mays is a porn account, so don't go there. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, I've had enough tweets now right. where if you search my name, that doesn't, doesn't come up. So hopefully, Twitter will give that to me one day. But uh, for now, just avoid it. <laughs> Uh, again, everything will be in the show notes, so we'll make sure we'll send you to the right account. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> Dave, thank you very much. Really appreciate your story you so and much, sharing Leon. with us kind of the journey because it's not simple. It's not a straightforward, it's not a linear yeah. line. There are going to be ups, there's going to be downs. It's true. And it's just a ride. And you've got to enjoy that ride as you're doing it because if, you if you're not enjoying it, then it's work. So, yeah. Dave, thank you very much again. Absolutely. The story has been amazing. Always inspiring to hear how channels are starting. Yeah. And for the rest of you still listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast application. Drop us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We always like to improve. Who else we should be interviewing? Let me know as well. And you guys, you know somebody that is struggling with this and is really maybe thinking of giving up. Please share this episode with them. Pay it forward. At the end of the day, we're one happy creator community. Let's help each other out. Dave, thanks very much for your time. Awesome. Thank you so much. you enjoyed this episode of tube talk brought to you by vidIQ head over to vidIQ.com tube talk for today's show notes and previous episodes enjoy the rest of your video making day